0: Oh, Brandon, I think you're gone already. A half a second in. I'm going to have to pod by myself, I think. Well, everybody, if there are people on here right now, oh, he's back.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're live and I already Hello, Chris! was... I, uh, hey, Chris, he made it. I'm so excited. I was Just like, right do I have to do time? this whole
0: thing by myself? Because I thought no. you disappeared. and No, well, Brandon disappeared for a second and you weren't here yet. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm ready to do a solo giveaway pod here.
1: Yeah, we, we have fun, a... Right? We have a wonderful storm outside the house right now where my lights are flickering and my internet's in and out. So um I've got I'm working oh, right. on I'm working on the hot spot right now. Should work out okay, should be good. But uh yeah, so apologies ahead of time. Uh yeah, welcome to our Scott Fishbowl bonus giveaway live stream episode of the Most Accurate Podcast. Brandon Niles here, one of the hosts. I'm stoked. I get both my awesome co-hosts today at the same time. Jen Akins and Chris Allen. Jen, how you doing tonight?
0: I am doing great. I'm excited that we get to the three of us get to hang. It, it doesn't happen, so
1: um, I'm excited. Yeah, me too, Chris Buddy. How how you doing this evening?
2: I'm doing great. I actually get to see you in person because every time that we normally record together, we do it on ZenCaster. No, not Zencast, TriCast, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Either way, I don't get to see your lovely face, so I'm glad to see <laughs> you. And then of course Jen, I mean, who has been my wonderful editor for my entire time at Four Four Four. This is like the first time we've ever done a show together. This that which is wild to me.
1: <laughs> really. Yeah. I think yeah. it may
0: be, which is really weird. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, we have to do this more then. We have to get the two of you paired Absolutely, up together more right? frequently. So, Yeah. yeah. Jen uh, Jen suffers through my writing all the time as well. So oh, she's, she's really a saint. She's really a saint. Stop. So, <laughs> uh, We're going to offer an opportunity to win an entry into Scott Fishbowl 11 tonight, as we've uh, announced on Twitter and discussed. All you need to do is tell us in the chat what kicker you're pounding the table for heading into next season. So I'll keep an eye on the chat. Just mention that uh, which kicker you're going to pound the table for next season. Uh, Mention your Twitter handle too, so that I can get in touch with you uh, after the fact to get you the entry. Um, And then you're you're into it. I'll write your name down. I'll randomize a winner at the end of this episode, which will end at eight o'clock PM Eastern standard time in just a hair under a half an hour. Uh, Jen, as a seasoned Scott fishbowl participant our resident kicker aficionado. Uh, Why are we interested in kickers specifically on this episode? Why did I choose kickers for the Pounding the Table?
0: Um, I'm not sure why you chose them, but I'll tell you why. (laughs) Um, I'm interested and excited about kickers in Scott Fishbowl. Several reasons, right? First reason is... The anti-kicker brigade, of course, is always around, right? So you've got a, a huge segment of the fantasy population that straight up hates them, won't even think about them, won't even look at them, right? So there's a, a huge segment that aren't even going to draft them. They don't care, right? But then you also have, when you look at the actual numbers, you see that, the, you know, they're they're viable options for Scott Fishbowl this year. I mean, looking, you know, I, I wrote a piece earlier and um, talking about kickers, you've got, you um, a bunch. So you've got the okay. The first two tic, kick. I'm sorry. The first two kickers from last season, which was Jason Sanders and uh, Koo, right? They came in last year. Um, basically, as it like a, I think a tight end two. Oh, I'm on the wrong article. I'm trying to look at my numbers here, and I'm looking at the wrong thing. I'm so sorry. Um, so yeah. So basically, the top two kickers last year in Scott Fishbowl scoring would have come in as an RB three, a wide receiver two, or a tight end three. Right. That's pretty good numbers. And you're looking at I mean, people are gonna be taking, you know, wide receiver sixes and sevens and and running backs that are probably get eight touches the whole season over kickers. And I just think they're missing out on those points. Plus, you also have, of course, kickers, you know, yes, they do get injured. A la what was it? Martin Gramatica, whoever, you know, they get they get, oh, they get yeah, injured. <laughs> yeah. They get injured celebrating and whatnot. But for the most part, kickers are solid, right? And so I think, you know, even if you look at, I'll, I'll go beyond those two, right? Just so, just for context, you know, the next 14 kickers in Scott Fishbowl's scoring still landed as a tight end to an RB4 and a wide receiver five based on last season scoring, which is pretty much the same as this season scoring. So I think ignoring kickers, I think, is is really not a smart move. And I think a lot of people in this thing will because they're so on that. I hate kickers. They suck. You know, it's too random. And they won't actually look at those numbers and realize that, hey, you know, in those later rounds, when you're grasping at straws anyway, you might as well take guys that are going to put points on the board every
2: week.
1: Chris, I, uh, I, I think that makes a lot of sense, Jen. I'm excited to kind of rock some kickers, uh, in Scott fishbowl. Uh, and, and, you know, like you said, instead of taking somebody who may not see the field like a justice Hill or somebody like that in years, I think I'm, I think I'm talking about 2019 fantasy (laughs) when I bring up justice Hill, but uh, a couple years behind, but you know, those types of players that maybe you're hoping see the field at all, you snatch a kicker or something along those lines. Uh, Chris, I, I was one, I know you're not often asked to pound the table for a kicker that's not usually the position that people <laughs> ask you advice on. but yeah. since uh, since here we are uh, you know discussing kickers uh, because of the value they have in Scott Fishbowl, I'm gonna ask you to go ahead and pound the table find yourself a kicker that you're into.
2: So I had to think about this quite a bit and I don't know if this is gonna be the right guy or not, but here's at least my thought process for winding up on selecting a kicker. We already know that the the teams that like the good teams, right? The Chiefs and like most of those guys, like the kickers attached to those offenses are going to be taken like fairly early. Uh, but I'm thinking of a guy that's on a, at least on a good team might be drafted a little bit later, let's say around like the kicker ten area or whatever. Uh, also attached to a good offense, but it could be at least highly uh, somewhat volatile because we don't know at least the status of the, the their quarterback. I'm thinking about Greg Zerline, who's attached to Dallas. So right now. I mean, Zerline's going about – at least I I did a quick check on FFPC since they typically use kickers, like unless you're doing the slim leagues. But he's going around like uh, the 10th kicker selected – but he's one of those guys, I mean, that's attached to a good offense. We know that at least with Dak back, they're going to be scoring quite a few points. I think they were fourth in offensive uh, offensive yards per drive back in 2019 before Dak went down. So also top 10 in yards per drive, points per drive. So this is a kicker attached to a good offense that you can get fairly late. So if you're not going for like the Harrison Butkers or like the uh, Justin Tuckers, I mean, any of those guys that are currently going like fairly high, even like a uh, Who's the guy that's kicking for the Bucks? Is that Matt Gay still or is suck that up? Suck up, yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So if you if you miss out on any of those guys, then I think Greg Zerline could be one of those guys that you can take. That's really that comes like in that tier right after those like highly popular kickers.
0: I like it, Chris. I'm I'm on board with Zerline this year as well. And plus, I mean, the guy's solid anyway. You know. I yeah, yeah. We had actually uh,
2: we had a conversation with Denny Carter. Uh, when was that? Uh, when was that, Brandon? Like maybe a couple months ago or something like that. And just yep. I, I mean, without any context whatsoever, Denny had to insert his kicker takes like into the conversation. But he recommended, <laughs> like, he came out at the beginning of this offseason saying that Zerline was one of the kickers that folks should be targeting in drafts. So he's definitely one like one of the guys that's like high on my target list right now.
1: We got Brett uh, saying the Bucks kicker is going to be Jose Borregales from Miami. So, which is Ooh, have you yeah. heard of him? Jen? No, Jen <laughs> doesn't believe you. <laughs> no. uh
0: Oh, I'm not. I'm not on board with with Jose Borregales. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. He may be. I haven't seen anything about him though. Um, but I haven't been too too deep in the kicker world. I, I was a little earlier. I recorded the four minute pod this morning with Sal and um, found myself in a, in a small rabbit hole of trying to figure out who the Browns kicker was going to be um cuz they're mm. right now they have a little a little competition between Parky and uh, Chase McLaughlin so that right. was kind of but um, as far as my kicker I don't know if you do you want me to pound the table for a kicker Brandon or Of, of course I want you to pound <laughs> the
1: table for a How kicker How could we have Jen? her
2: on and not give well, her kicker tip? Yeah, Come on now
1: That's Jen. A,
0: right Well the thing is it's funny about this is that and you know I am a I'm definitely pro kicker but one of the reasons I am pro kicker is for the streaming aspect. So I don't really pound the, kick, you know, I don't pound the table for kickers. I don't usually draft one of those high kickers because they'll go and like way, you know, I won't take a kicker to the last round anyway, and they'll usually go before that. So I love to stream them. I think that, that you know, that's an advantage that you have throughout the season. So, but I will pound anyway. Um, I'm going to pound the table for Tyler Bass. I know he's not a, a sleeper or anything like that, but I think that, um, you know, he was kicker four last year. And, you know, one of the things that I look for are, are, you know, teams that are heavily favored, high team implied totals. So the Bills have 11 games right now that they're favored by five points or more. Nine of those are home games, which is basically every single home game at their stadium. I think it's Highmark Stadium. I, go, I, I had to look it up. I was like, huh? But yeah. So anyway, nine of their um, every single home game, they're favored by five points or more. Right. It's a high-scoring offense, so, I mean, if you're going to roll with one for the whole season, you know, I think Bass is definitely one of those guys. Uh,
1: Tom Sturtevant in the chat agrees with you. Tyler Bass is his kicker that he's found at the table for. Uh, I'm going to go with Jason Sanders. We've got an entry for that as well for Jason Sanders. Brett Marito came out with that. Uh, Part of it is diehard Dolphins fan here. Uh, The other aspect here is, uh, (laughs)
0: uh,
1: you know, (laughs) all-pro kicker, first-team all-pro, 92.3%. Uh, last season. We missed two extra points in his entire three-year career. Uh, I think they're emerging on offense. Tua's got weapons now. I think they're going to move the ball down the field. And like both of you said, I tend to try to find somebody attached to an offense that I think can move the ball. I don't worry too much about whether or not that offense can punch it in the end zone at all. I'm just hoping that they get uh, down in that part of the field enough uh, to give an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think the Dolphins are going to do it this year. I think that offense is rising. So I'm a big fan of uh, of, of Jason Sanders, not just as a homer, but uh, that's the kicker that I'm going to be pounding the table for. Uh, yep. Am I crazy, Jen?
0: No, God, no, mm-hmm. not at all. He's a, he's a great option. He's solid. He was very consistent last year. I was just kidding about the homer. And it's funny, speaking of homer, I see a couple people in the chat Chan for Rodrigo and I. He, you know, I mean, I went to UGA. I'm a huge Rodrigo fan. I couldn't pound the table for him because I pounded the table for him all last season. So I have to lay off a little bit. But as far as the chat goes, I do like Rodrigo and I will take him when I can as well. Oh, that's right. But, yeah,
2: I was. I kept I remember. I kept telling you I was going to get you the rec specs like he wears <laughs> yeah, all the time. Yeah, totally. I like, yes, I got to get. I you love
0: wears. Rodrigo yeah. and yeah. Um, you know I think and listen. He didn't even. He wasn't. You know, he wasn't drafted. People didn't even think he was going to you know, make the team. I knew he would, he's solid and um, he is good. I'm a little concerned about the Colts offense. I mean, as we all should be, I guess a little bit. So mm-hmm. I don't know that I, uh, I don't know, but I will take him when when needed.
1: Chris, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what Scott Fishbowl is uh, expanding on what Jen mentioned earlier with the scoring and the kicker, but just in general, what Scott Scott Fishbowl is both promotionally and colloquially like your experiences.
2: So, I would say that for, like, from my personal experience, like, the Scott Fishbowl has basically been, like, one of the largest events in, within the fantasy community. And I, this will be my fourth year, I believe, that uh, that I'll be joining, or at least I've been invited to the Scott Fishbowl League. And it's definitely one of those, uh, I know that most folks have been using the GIF, but like, that scene in like uh, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, when like Charlie like opens up the piece of chocolate and he sees like the golden ticket in it, it's exactly like that. When you get your invite from uh, to, uh, to go into the Scott Fishbowl, it's almost exactly that same feeling because there's just so many folks that are a part of that, a, a part of the league. I mean, it's not just industry folks. It's also I mean, there are actors that come that come into it as well. I mean, sometimes under pseudonyms, but like sometimes that they just use their regular name. There are new folks that are coming into the that are coming into the industry that you get a chance to meet and sample some of their work and talk to them. It's just fans of fantasy football. I mean, which is to me like one of the best aspects of it, because. When you're doing, uh, once we get into September, October, November, you really don't get a chance to really interact with folks, like regarding, uh, like, as at least as an analyst, you don't get a chance to really talk with people that just casually watch sports or just casually interact with fantasy football because we're writing content like five days a week or six days a week (laughs) or whatever. So for this, I mean, for a chance to talk with them, draft with them, watch like watch how the teams like you know uh, actually tr- you know interact or whatever how the players interact, how the teams like actually if they're vying for an actual spot in the playoffs or whatever. Just a chance to be able to do something like that where it brings the entire community together. I mean the proceeds and the donations that all go to fantasy cares. I mean all of that uh, all of the a uh, good like charity work that Scott Fish has done over the years. I mean, we just saw him get uh, the Game Changer Award provide, uh, that was given to him, like for all the work that he's been doing. What was it last year? Uh, what over fifty thousand dollars was raised yeah. for Fantasy Cares? Uh, that was last year. I'm assuming, if not, uh, that already more so is going to get raised for this season. So it's just. It's a great thing to be a part of for multiple aspects, whether you're just you just want to be a larger part of the community, you want to network with other people, you want to meet other folks that are that also interested in fantasy football, just like you. I mean, it's definitely one of those tournaments that that really allows you to do that. And then on top of that, I mean, the strategy portion, Scott puts a ton of time into tinkering with the scoring system to make it so that it's not just a regular snake draft like you would in any best ball league or home league or anything like that. I mean, it makes it entertaining. It makes it so you really do have to think about your picks beforehand. I mean, just like Jen was talking earlier about kickers outscoring some of the core positions. I mean, it it really puts in that strategy so that you can't just walk in and say, well, I'm just going to draft. Uh, you know, Saquon Barkley with my first, you know, uh, or CMC with my first pick. And maybe I'll just wait and grab a wide receiver here, get my quarterback here. Like, no, you do actually have to think about kickers, defense. I mean, any of that other, any of those positions that in some leagues you really just don't care about. Well, no defense with the Scott right. fish, but still, I mean, it's just, it, it makes you think it, you get to have some fun while doing it. I mean, the, I mean, the prize is definitely like uh, the prizes that are a part of it. I mean, then the donations and contributions that other uh, sites also provide as well. I mean, it's just, it's just a great thing to be a part of. And while I've only made it to the playoffs once, I think it was like my very first season still, I mean, just the, the fact that you get invited, you get to be a part of it and then uh, actually just do all the other things that become a part of it. Like, uh, I don't know if, have you guys done the, uh, the AVI makers or like had your own like personalized like AVI like made or whatever. You can do that too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just all those little things that pop up that makes the community a lot of fun to be in around this time of the off season when there's really not a lot to talk about other than unless you want to fight about like OTA stuff for videos from <laughs> there, there's not really much else to do. So it's just, I think it's a one, a wonderful way to bring us together in the June, July time frame, And then once the season gets going, we get to see how all the teams and stuff react.
0: I absolutely agree. And I think, you know, you were talking about the strategy and the scoring, and it's it's crazy. Like you said, you can't just walk in with your normal cheat sheet and be like, "All yeah. right, I'm good to go," because it's like it's super flex. It's points for reception. It's points for first down. It's you know negative points for for picks. It's right. You know, and this year he added returners. I mean, it's not. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't get return yards, but you get you get you get return touchdowns. So I mean, yeah. I don't know how much that really factors in, but you know, it's like. It's one of those things you have to really kind of. It messes with your mind, and it, it's really cool. I think it's a it, you know aside from like you said the charity and bringing everyone together. You know it's cool. I mean this is I believe my sixth year, and you know I still have you know we still joke around about you know divisions three years ago with people that you know mm-hmm. are in the fantasy you know community. So um, I think it's great, and I think that as I said, the addition of kickers is pretty fun. Um, oh yeah,
2: the third surprised. round the third round reversal thing. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. You know, I haven't haven't done too many leagues that that employ that that particular uh, like uh, setting or whatever. So I'm really going to think about like because I don't know, you guys have early draft slots or late draft slots. I forget. I'm late. I'm 12. Okay, I've got four. No, either four or seven or something like (laughs) that. But it's like. Uh, but it's like relatively early, so I don't know, like really, how to approach it. Like I've seen some articles that have been written on how you navigate like third round reversal like type drafts, but I'm still gonna have to like play around with like some do a couple of mock drafts, maybe see how things turn out before I can really get a handle on it. But we've only got like what a few weeks before yeah. the draft actually starts. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I was kind of I, I was under the impression that third round reversal was a, a different way, and then yesterday I kind of got in a conversation with a couple people on Twitter, and then Scott chimed in um so i guess it's really when you look at it it's more of it, it should be called i guess odd round reversal right because it's every other round then reverses after the third right is that i mean so you go so you go one through 12 and mm-hmm. 12 through one and then so basically i'm picked 12 so i'm gonna have 12 13 and then i'm gonna have 25 right but then i assume so then it goes again and then in the fifth it, it, i mean is that how that works i don't know it's it's kind of confusing um but you know i kind of have. You know, I know we're a couple of weeks away. I've got kind of my my first, you know, my first three rounds planned. Just because I said okay. I am, I am in the twelve spot. So I'm um, not going to you know. ask
2: you for your strategy. You Don't want anybody like you know waiting <laughs> to see what happens and then ghosting you or something like that and like sniping all your picks.
0: Right? No, I mean it's totally fine. I mean, it, I just think it's kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know. It's funny because, like you said, I was in the same boat. I, I think this is my sixth year, and I think the first two years I made the playoffs, and then the last four, I've been earth You know, three, I've been horrible. So, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and it's interesting because I was in the 12th spot last year, but apparently I'm a glutton for punishment because I picked it again, even though my team was <laughs> horrible. But I will say this. Last year I went with the Drew Brees, Michael Thomas stack at, at the turn, and we all know what happened there. So my, my no, team was and,
2: uh- was it 2019 I drafted Breeze and Ben Roethlisberger so my team was completely toast by yeah. like week five after basically like well Ben was out week one and then Drew Breeze was out for what that six game stretch or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah my my team was absolutely smoked like by like I was like week five and I was like I don't even know why I'm making waiver claims at this point I'm right just, uh, just, no like, that's
0: funny so <laughs> I just want to say real quick in the chat so Tommy Garrett says the only round versus the third yeah and then and everything
2: it, after that it just snakes normally
0: no see that's not true because that's, that's what not. I thought that's what I thought. And then oh. Scott chimes in yesterday and said, that's not true. Uh, so I, uh, so I, that was the impression I was under, but I'm pretty sure from what Scott said, and he he, he showed a little a little uh, screenshot of it. I'm pretty okay. sure that every other round reverses for the rest of it, but I may be wrong again. Like I said, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm not clear, but I know it's not only the third. Cause that's it's what not I just thought. The third. It's not. Uh, Cause that's no. what I thought. And then I was, I was told I was wrong. So, okay. I would just uh, – we may need a little more clarification for everybody here. See, uh, so
2: now we got to – yeah. So who's going to write – okay, so I, I'm hoping like Luis is probably like watching this right now because I'm wondering like who's going to write an article on, on third- how to navigate third-round reversal drafts? <sighs> well,
0: we, we all know who's going to end up
2: writing <laughs> it's that be Jen- piece.
1: <laughs> but hopefully – It's got fishbowl um, articles, so it's got to be Jeff uh, on the page.
2: That's going to be the um, follow-up. The follow-up to your wonderful – Scott Fishbowl strategy article that's already oh, out. And on, yep. on oh, and there's
0: Luis on on There it yeah. is.
2: See. So he's gonna be pinging yeah. somebody after this to ask us who's gonna write this article that I just brought up. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. No, we just need to. I'm gonna I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna talk to Scott like DM wise and get like legit clarification because I I was under the wrong impression and then he chimed in and it was a bunch of people on a, on a Twitter chat and um, I still left confused. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Louise>. <laughs> Hi, Luis. <laughs> Folks, 4 for 4 has partnered with Underdog Fantasy to give you an easy way to claim a free, no-strings-attached Pro subscription to 4 for 4 for the current season. Plus, $25 instantly deposited to start playing. Just enter 4 for 4 in the promo code box and deposit at least $10 when you sign up at Underdog. This is a screaming great deal and a fantastic opportunity for anyone who's been on the fence about joining to sign up with no risk. Sign up at Underdog Fantasy today. <laughs> Uh, Psalms 22 Samuel asks if stacking makes a difference in Scott Fishbowl. Uh, Chris, you have done extensive research on stacking in a variety of different formats. Um, is stacking an approach that you would take uh, entering Scott Fishbowl?
2: So I could see the merits of doing something like stacking in a tournament like, th- like this, but I wouldn't do like a deep stack because since it's still a managed league, you still have to navigate the bye weeks as well. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would would I would do that, but it's just you don't have to go like super deep, right? Like if let's say, uh, do it, if you're gonna try and do a Dallas stack, I wouldn't recommend like possibly doing like all of the like the high value skill position players like for Dallas. Like if you start Zeke, uh, you're not trying to hit like Amari, CD and then like Dak or something like that. So maybe just like the maybe a couple of double stacks like here and there so that you are uh, capturing quite a bit of a single offense or a couple of offenses. But to go like deep down into a tree, let's say like the like I said, like the full Dallas stack a full Cardinal stack or Seattle stack or anything like that will probably wind up hindering you somewhere throughout the, like throughout the season because you are having to navigate the buy weeks and whatnot. So that's my knee jerk reaction. I mean, to, to thinking on it.
0: Yeah, I, I agree me? with that. No, I totally agree with that. Um, we do have uh, a question here from tube socks, zero, zero, zero. He wants to know if there's waivers in FFB, which is actually a great question for those who don't know.
1: And, mm-hmm. and I have to thank tube socks because that's an excellent segue. Cause the next thing on my show notes was talk about waivers and our that's approach what to I was waivers, doing. So. Brandon.
0: Um, that, no, I, I was I doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you're, and you're phenomenal, Jed. You're phenomenal. This is, this is, uh, this is the added thing here. Uh, no, uh, absolutely. A hundred dollar blind bed budget for waivers all season. Scott fishbowl, uh, no trading. So that that's kind of a different thing, but the, uh, The blind bid budget is $100 for the season. Uh, Jen, how do you approach that budget, not just in Scott Fishbowl, but in general? You know, when you've got an FAAB to deal with, uh, how do you approach it? Are you an early spender? Are you a big spender? Do you hoard your money? What do you do?
0: Well, to be fair, Scott Fishbowl and any other league are completely different animals. I mean, Scott Mm -hmm. Fishbowl is insanity, right? Because you've got 22 rounds. So most people will blow a hundred bucks in week one on whoever emerges. Right, Chris. I mean, that's pretty much what happens. I mean, I am not that way unless I'm really, really screwed. Like if I screwed myself at a position and I absolutely need a quarterback or something like that Um, in regular, you know, redraft leagues, I'm definitely a little thriftier. Because it's it's kind of nice at the end of the season when you're in the playoffs and everyone else is out of money and you can grab people. So I'm a little I'm a little thriftier. Scott Fishbowl, you kind of have to shoot your shot because it, it, there's only certain amount of of players that come available because there are 22 rounds. So it goes super super deep. So we're all you know you're only looking at if someone crazy gets injured and like the third round backup all of a sudden is starting. Um, but otherwise, you know. There's not a, a major reason to save your money in Scott Fishbowl. I don't know. It, it really depends.
1: My favorite story of that is 2012. And most, most people probably don't remember this, but Kevin Ogletree, who was like a journeyman <laughs> receiver, not any oh, good, yeah. busted out against the Giants. He had eight catches, 114 yards, and two touchdowns in that week one. And then everyone blew their entire FAAB on him That uh, after week one. That's, and then the rest of the year did He played
2: nothing. for Dallas, didn't he?
1: Yep, played for Dallas. Yeah, played hey. for
2: Dallas. I remember that, yeah. He did
1: that for the Cowboys. And that that game ended up being like, like it was like a, a third or a fourth of his yardage for the entire year. And uh-huh. It was two two out of four touchdowns were in that game. It's just, <laughs> I, I love it so much.
0: <laughs> yeah, that happens. And that happens every year. And I think in Scott Fishbowl, it definitely happens. I wish I could remember, you know, some of the guys in the past couple of years that that's happened where people have just blown like 90 bucks on someone. And then it just, you know, it was kind of a one, one hit wonder week. And they
2: go back to, to you know oh, I know like auto. a lot of folks that were left holding the bag after a lot of guys opted out like last season. Like I yeah. know for me, like I was all in on Damien Williams, and then when he mm-hmm. opted out, like I had to basically like blow half my fab on uh what was it I think it was Daryl Williams that I wound up grabbing, and then mm-hmm. like a couple other guys that I wanted trying to snag like later on, but it's just when you draft so early in the off season, like those are the things that you just, you have to be able to account for. Now, obviously I don't think it's going to happen this off season where we would have something like that happen, but injuries and whatnot, it does make some sense to be a bit more thrifty about your, about your waiver priority, like your waiver selections and not blow everything because you never know when like a, I don't know, like a uh, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, like situation happens and you can grab, I mean, Latavius Murray is going to get drafted anyway, but yeah. you, don't, you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. where it's like, you can get the you know running back off of waivers, the backup quarterback off waivers or something like that, where you just blow all your fab on that one person. And it's just like, all right, so now I just have that one guy and folks do it that way. Mm-hmm. I try and, I try and do it in that, in that sense where, I just make small changes here and there throughout the season, not really try and churn like my entire roster so that if something big does happen throughout the middle of the season, because generally if I'm remembering correctly, like a lot of the like catastrophic injuries typically don't happen until week six, week seven, somewhere in there, I'll at least have the ability to go out and get a guy like that. Whereas other folks that, try and like stream or like, you know, make, uh, make changes like each week they're having to, I mean, they're playing with, I mean, a lesser purse because they've spent all their stuff like in within the first few weeks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I and think, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I was just going to say in Scott Fishbowl specifically this year, um, I know I personally am going to try to keep some fab because I would really like to stream kicker if I can. I, it depends on ooh, it. Yeah. I don't know if it. I don't know if anyone in my division is listening, but I'm really hoping that my division blows off kicker and I can yeah. grab a cup I grab a couple to start and then kind of stream them as the season goes on based on matchups cuz that's what I do you know throughout the regular season and redraft so mm-hmm. kind of hoping that happens I don't know if it will but
2: you Well know. not now that you said it
0: well, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't see anybody in the chat here in my division so far. So, um,
2: they're out, they're yeah. out in the ether, and this they video are. is going to be on YouTube mm-hmm. or something like that. And they're going <laughs> to yeah. know. They're gonna I know.
0: And- I think, um, I think most of the people in my division don't really know me and don't know that I'm a kicker person. So, I'm hoping to kind of just keep it on the DL. But, right. no, I think that is one of my strategies just to try to at least stream, you know, based on matchups if I can. You know, depending, of course, on how the rest of my roster, you know, I may not even need to start them if I have a fantastic you know, very highly efficient roster, but you know, that's, that's the, you know, in the perfect world.
1: Mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah, I'm guilty of the the running back thing and I always do the wrong running back. So like, you know, like Dion Lewis or somebody like that who I think is going to take the carries or, or Reggie Bonifant or somebody like that. I always, I'm like, Oh, that's going to be the running back. And so I blow a bunch of fab on that. And then, (laughs) Yep. And that ends up being somebody else. So I had a lot of like Dion Lewis and Reggie Bonifant last year, uh, just sitting there and not doing very well for my roster. <laughs> so unfortunately, uh, Rick said he got Cam Akers down the stretch. I don't think I was in any leagues where came where Cam Akers was available. Like I feel like everyone held him. um, that must've been a shallow league or Rick is just a, a savvy drafter there, which is interesting.
2: I had too many dynasty folks in my, in my division the last time. So all of them were waiting for acres to pop at some point during the season. There was like zero mm-hmm. chance
1: I was going to get them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Just crack me up. Uh, so we're, uh, we're almost, we've got two minutes left, so we don't really have enough time to like start a brand new topic or anything on those lines. So instead I'm just going to do a little uh, promotion for our next episode. We're going to do a, uh, 444th episode of the most accurate podcast uh, listeners will have until midnight Eastern standard time next Sunday on the 20th uh, to enter to win either a free pro subscription or a four for four t-shirt. Uh, all you have to do is go to the most accurate podcast, uh, give it a five-star rating, leave us a nice review, screenshot that and tweet it to at four for four football. Uh, you can also go to at four for four football on Twitter. They've talked about this Giveaway and it'll be promoted throughout the week. So this isn't your only opportunity to hear about it, but uh, that's a great opportunity when I'm excited to celebrate the 444th episode, Uh, Jen and Jen's going to be on Justin Edwards is going to join us. Chris is going to record a little something for me. We've got other staff members, members interaction. It's going to be a fun time. And John and Anthony Stalter will be on the podcast to uh, announce the winners early on. And that'll drop Monday night on June 21st. So get those entries in before midnight Sunday. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and randomize a winner for, uh, for the uh, Scott fish bowl entry. So a pretend drum roll here. And pounding the table for will Lutz Psalms 22 Samuel at salty peppers. FFL is our winner. So uh, I will reach out to him on Twitter. That's right I will reach out uh, and thank you so much everyone who came onto this live stream uh, make sure that you follow Jen on Twitter at the Monday mommy make sure you follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Allen FFWX you can find me at two guys Brandon thank you so much for listening and have a great have a good day.
0: bye everybody.